0: Today is June 10th and the Yankees game got postponed, but we are coming to you with the voicemail episode anyway, so there's always Yankees baseball to be talked about. We got a whole crop of good voicemails. I have no idea what they are because I did not listen to them yet. Let's get into them. Let's talk Yanks, babe. Weekly awards, stat lines, steaming hot
1: takes. your hear Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time
2: for Talking
1: Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy.
0: John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. What's going on? Thank you for clicking play. Listening to us today in the month that comes after the month of May, what do you say? It's Jake and I. My name's Gianbo. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I have my co-host, GA, coming to you from Denver, Colorado. He's a transplanted Yankee fan, originally from Connecticut. We're going to talk some Yanks today, voicemail app. New feature on this uh, season we've been doing on Talking Yanks that we think everyone's been enjoying. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, I'm going to get straight to it, Jake. This episode is brought to you by a whole crew of people, which is crazy because we just had a a whole crew of people sponsor the last one. Now we got a whole new crew sponsoring this one. Some good names. in here we got Samuel Rosenberg. Samuel Rosenberg. Sam Rose. Sam Rose. Sam Rose. Rose. (laughs) Ben Bizarro.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: That's a great name
1: can't be pronounced bizarro. It's got to be like bizarro or something, but you got to go by Ben bizarro.
0: Benny biz. Benny means Benny business. Benny biz,
1: baby. Benny B, baby. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Potter. Josh Potter. He's active on the interstate. I've seen him. Josh Potter. Yeah. Enrique
0: bro. Vasquez. Enrique has been around for a while now. I think he upped. Thanks, Enrique.
1: Yo, I like that with the double Qs, man. Enrique Vasquez. That's got some nice flow.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a baseball player. Yeah. Could see that name in lights. Michael Clark. I could see that name on imdb.com. That sounds like an actor. Michael Clark.
1: Sounds like a director or a writer. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he he wrote half the Fast and the Furious movies. Good for you, Michael Clark. Michael Clark.
0: Yeah. That name's got a little like not prestige, but like dignity to it. Michael Clark. Mm. Bill McConkey. now. <laughs> I I think people are putting mixed in front of their names that aren't mixed.
1: You think we got a fake McConkie here? <laughs>
0: I've never seen McConkie before.
1: That, that sounds like an old baseball owner name. That sounds like, yeah. And then for three years in the 1950s, the Phillies were owned by Bill McConkie.
0: McConkie. I don't think he's really a Mick, but I like it. I like it. He, yeah. Uh, Hunter Ramp. It's a cool name. Yeah. Hunter Ramp. And Sean McGuire. Do you th- I yes, think that's sir. a
1: real Mick. That seems like a real Mick.
0: He could be faking us out just the same, but two Micks. And and last episode, we had Mick, Mick, Mickster.
1: Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're huge in, in the <laughs> Irish demographic, I guess. Yeah, Irish, Scottish, the Mick community. Why are those people so special, Jim?
0: They are the sponsors of this episode. If this is your first time listening... They have supported us on Patreon, patreon.com slash talking yanks. Two dollars a month gets you early access. You can hang out in the chat with us. We always try to do like a little casual conversation or post game or Q&A with whoever's hanging around in the chat. If there are people hanging around, Uh, even if you don't watch it live, you can watch the video version of the show whenever you would like. You get access to uh, two uh, ways to win a jersey. We actually just got both of our winners. I don't know if they know this yet, but Andrew pa- Andrew Powell won the contest for May, and Jordan Roseman uh, won the raffle for the month of May. So they those two will be receiving a free jersey from affordablejerseys.com, Yankee jersey from a majestic manufacturer. No name on the back, just like the players on the field. And uh, mostly it supports us and uh, helps us keep doing this, and we appreciate it. So those are our most recent subscribers. If you want your name read out and analyzed, sign up today, and we will do it next show. Or yeah, if you want the show to, after that.
1: No, the next show. If you, want us, if you want us to slaughter and fake break down your name, we will be pleased to do that. Um, and yeah, another... Uh, And, I mean, if you were checking out the video, you'd see me in my my That's For You Bitch shirt. So, I mean, if that's not worth the price of admission, I don't know.
0: I like the way my hair has been looking today.
1: Nice, dude.
0: Yeah, I told Katie that. I said, I like the way my hair looks today. She said, okay.
1: Dude, we got to look into a Talking Yank Sun shirt. Like, if you're going to make those your shirt for life, we got to see if they've got them on Shopify. I just realized that.
0: Yeah, I'll see if they're available in the vendor we use. Because, yeah, I'm a Sun shirt only guy now.
1: Yeah. It's like a huge lifestyle change.
0: They're expensive, which is tough. I own three now. I think I can get away with just wearing three if Katie does laundry so often. Yeah. But there will be days where I have to do a different shirt. But if I own like six, that's the goal. My current life goal, Jake, is one, I need to buy new boxers. And two, I need three more sun shirts so I can cover like a week of sun shirts.
1: Yeah, I think we should get you like three Talkin' Yanks ones, even if they're one time only.
0: That's true, because I need to rep the brand.
1: Right. But I'm, I'm all right. You know, you don't have to live Talkin' Yanks. You can have your three, you work into rotation. That What's this right. one? Salt, Salt Life. Salt Life.
0: Yeah. The other one is so douchey. Guy Harvey.
1: Guy Harvey.
0: What a terrible. It's, I, have to, I wear it now, but like, if your name is Guy Harvey, don't make your. Actually, it's probably not his name. He probably made the brand Guy Harvey thinking it was cool. Least Cool is the only one available, so I own a Guy Harvey shirt now. Guy Harvey. Terrible name. All right, let's get into this, Jake. So I have intern Luke with me for the summer, and one of the things I wanted him to do was uh, organize the voicemails, weed out the bad ones, um, uh, although we don't really have too many of that, and then just give them like a a name because I don't want to hear them. I wanted to hear them for the first time live on the show. I think it's more fun that way. Yeah. And this is the first time we truly have that. I haven't listened to any of these, and we have a good nice. amount of calls here. So, you ready to just get straight into it? Let's get it. Okay. Uh, do you want, just judging off the name, do you want a serious one, or do you want a lighthearted one to open the show?
1: Uh, lighthearted. Let's get loose. Got to get warm in the bullpen. This one seems like it should be lighthearted.
0: What's up, boys? It's already from Providence
3: checking in, watching JJR right now. Jake's got sleeves on, which is kind of weird. Uh, anyways, so here's the question. Battle Royale of New York Yankees. Here's the catch. Only under 215, only under 215 pounds. Who's coming out in this every man for himself brawl? So we got guys like Chad Green. We got Urshela, Didi, uh, We got Glaber. We got Cameron Mabin. Well, you know what? I'll even throw DJ in there because he's kind of like a twig. But who do you got? Personally, I got j Half. I think he's got some dead strength in there. What do you think?
0: Okay. Okay. So it's told like uh, a Hunger Games situation, but Battle Royale. But we're taking all the heavy lifters out of here.
1: Yeah, we're taking out the, all the big boys.
0: So what wait, what did he put the weight limit at?
1: He said 215. So I'm right now I'm clicking on some numbers like... Yeah, I could so, see Gary. I could see Gary listed on. No, Gary's listed at two thirty, so he's out.
0: Two fifteen is a is a real light crew of players. I mean, I mean we're Geo's we're, out. You think Gio's out? He's listed at two twenty. Uh, Romine's listed at two twenty. Talkman two twenty. So okay, if we do so yeah, t- we we're, we're into the,
1: Clint, Gardy, Glaber, Deedee, Lemayhew. Um, And we're including the pitchers, right? Cameron Mabin. Yeah, um, I have
0: the whole list here. And it's unfair because Chapman's listed at 212. So he's, he's not, my winner. He's out. He's out.
1: He does not count. He does. He weighed 212 five years ago. And then every year they ask him to get on the scale and he refuses. He does not <laughs> weigh 212.
0: Okay. Can we make this even more interesting and just say the under 100? Because that... that under two hundred,
1: under one hundred would be really interesting
0: because that, and we're just going to go by Baseball Reference weights here. So under two hundred, crowd, let's wheel, let's needle it down even more. We have Zach. you and I
1: are you and I are suckers for Gardy, I think at the end of this,
0: it's tough. So Zach Britton's Relentless. there, one ninety five.
1: That's a lie too.
0: Brett Gardner, one ninety five.
1: You th- okay? So just think about that. You think Brett Gardner and Zach Britton weigh the same weight? Well Zach B- Britton's built like a dump truck above his waist. <laughs> well,
0: Brett Gardner's all muscle.
1: Yeah, he's a little ball of muscle though. Zach Britton. Yeah. He's out. I'm not I can't include him.
0: Okay, Clint Frazier, 190. Yes, he's in. Tyro Strata, 190. Yep. Tyler Wade, 185. Okay. Domingo Hermann, 175. Well, this is tough because it's Brett Gardner in a landslide.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're just going general toughness and stuff, that's. And I think you and I were going to land on Guardy anyways because he's just uh, I have he's a, a mean... I, I, I have a spin. Okay.
0: We're going to take Brett Gardner and we're just going to travel up the weight classes and see how, how far do we have to get until we think Gardner
1: loses the fight. Who clips Guardy? Yeah.
0: So let me just, we'll just go real quick. Glaber Torres, we have Gardner over Glaber, right? Yeah. Aaron Hicks.
1: Ooh, I, Hicks is big, man. I don't Dude, think Hicks so. is
0: listed at 202. He's not 202 anymore. No. So we think Hicks and Gardy, Hicks might get Gardner. Uh, you
1: got to go Hicks. Okay. Hicks is big.
0: Higashioka. Gardner over Higashioka.
1: It be I'd be a good scrap. That would that would be like if 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 the Yankees had like a one-on-one football day. That would be one you'd hear about later and be like, yo, Guardy and Higgy got weird.
0: <laughs> Higgy, uh, H- Higgy sees Gardner take one step and just moves away. Like he's like, okay. no,
1: I want no part of this. All Didi right.
0: versus Gardner.
1: So when you said Hunger Games, which you know I'm a sucker for, Didi would be like the thinker guy from the Hunger Games.
0: Oh yeah, he'd be like, setting up traps and shit.
1: Yeah, like Guardy would come up and get electrocuted and and then he'd still try to fight through that and Didi <laughs> would have like piano fall on his head or something like that
0: yeah you 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 travel up and i got gardner over hap over sessa over Nestor over chad over hale and then chapman's where you run into trouble again
1: yeah that's uh and then tanaka
0: tanaka's next
1: yeah i'm trying to think if there's any dark horses that i'm like they'll they'll get nasty with you I mean, yeah. Talkman's a football guy. He's kind of not a part of the team anymore. LeMahieu might have that crazy side to him. Like That's why, that's why DJ LeMahieu's always so calm.
0: If that, the Yankees like, get in a brawl this year, LeMahieu's a guy I have my eye on.
1: What does like, he do? Le- LeMahieu's the guy that snaps his bat and then he tries to stab someone. And you're like, whoa, we're, <laughs> just, we're just having a baseball. Over. We're just pushing, man.
0: <laughs> I rip hearts out. <laughs> whoa. I am a lame machine. I like that nickname, Le Machine.
1: I think I'm going La Machi- Machina. La Machina? La Machina. DJ yeah. La Machina. All right, let's move on. All onto, right, uh, good. Next... Good, got it out of the way. Bam. Good warm-up.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? Andrew from Hell's Kitchen. Uh, a lot of people want to trade for Marcus Stroman, and understandably so. A lot of ground balls going behind... Uh, a better defense, but the guy we really should be going after is uh Mike Miner. He's really good with the three true outcomes and that's impressive considering uh the homer friendly park he's in, the competition with Houston and Anaheim were both like top three uh yeah, top three offenses in the uh AL. And uh yeah, his game logs are really good. His uh spin his fastball spin rates uh the fourth best in the league. And, uh, yeah, I think what Mike Miner's doing is uh, somewhat legit. And also he's going to cost less because he's not in the division and these aren't expiring contracts we're talking about. Your thoughts?
0: Mike Miner. Uh, So his contract, if we're talking about Mike Miner, it would be this year and one more year. And I don't know if that's a plus. Uh, I I don't know Cashman's plan there. You know what I mean? Like uh, when... Two seasons ago, when we got Sonny Gray, Cashman was not trading for a rental because the plan was never 2017. Like, so if he was going to make a trade for a pitcher, it was going to be it was going to be someone that was stuck around. Last season, he traded for a bunch of rentals. I mean, I, everyone was a rental, right? Britain, Hap, McCutcheon, they were all rentals.
1: Yeah, uh, half. Half-pieces. We knew that there was going to be... We we knew that McCutcheon wasn't going to be re-signed. We thought that Britton and Hap had a chance to be re-signed. So, I I mean, technically, yes, but also partially, no.
0: But I'm saying, like, would they... Are they even... I don't know if the Yankees are looking... Like, are they rather guys that are on the books for another season, or are they going to go look for rentals? What's your lean there?
1: I I think the bigger conversation, and, and you... I think you're more on this boat than I am, but you were saying how, you know, the, the Yankees haven't gone out and got a big pitcher mid season in a while. Um, I, I, but I guess Sonny gray kind of was at the time. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I know this, I know CC has gone next year. So, I mean, there's kind of a spot. I know Monty's coming back, but as we've seen, (laughs) you can't have enough starting pitching. You're going to lose one guy, if not (laughs) hell, three guys at a time this year. Um, so I don't know. Um, I, you know, having a guy like Mike Miner in the fold isn't a bad thing. He, um, pretty wild career. He he came up and was doing some good stuff as a young guy in Atlanta from like 2011 to 2013. Then he had some bad injuries. He had a shoulder, maybe a couple shoulders, and an elbow. He didn't pitch. He went from 2014 to 2017 not pitching. Um, he ended up having a solid year for Kansas City, and then. Jimmy, he's got, I, you know, I know we're not the biggest war guys. He's got a 4.1 war already on the season, which is kind of like a Cy Young pace. Um, and over the past three years now, he's got a 3.36 ERA over 316 innings with almost a strikeout per inning. So I don't know. I, I guess the thing that would be interesting is, I mean, what what is the price tag? Because he, as, An- as Andrew from Hell's Kitchen mentioned, if – if Andrew from Hell's Kitchen knows the peripherals, you know the Texas front office knows the peripherals, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so it it'd be interesting to see what his price tag is because he's he's a pretty affordable contract, and I mean he's thirty one and he's pitching really well right now in a ballpark that's tough to do it. So, and I I feel like that's where all these trade uh, things come up. But I'll I'll say this, Jim, with the Yankees full. I should say this with the Yankees going after Keichel and Cashman came out with a quote today that was like sucks. We lost by the hair on our chinny chin chin. And it's like, what What are you? All right, cash. Um, the Yankees are interested in a pitcher and they're going to get someone. Um, and the fact that they were interested in Keichel, who's a good pitcher. I think they're going to get someone a little more than the Lance Lynn type or the Jaime Garcia that we've seen over the past couple years. Um, well, those have so always
0: I, been the ancillary. Like you know, it was Sonny and Hap were the main guys, and then Lance and Jaime were the secondary.
1: Right. So, I mean, I we're gonna bring in a decent guy. I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, Cash, Brian Cashman has showed us that uh, like he's not gonna break his mold or anything. If if Texas hammers the table and is like, hey, we're not trading Mike Miner unless we get Domingo and Clint. And Brian Cashman's like, hell no, get out of here, like it, he's not just gonna cave and do it. That's not what he does. He he will go around for the minors, the the Strowmans, the whether it's Bumgarner, whether it's I don't know, someone like Robbie Ray, whoever becomes available. Um, when Cashman finds his price point, he'll pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, I think the other like the biggest thing is right now the Rangers aren't sellers. They're in the lead for the wild card, or they're they're they're. <clears throat> They're one game back of the wild card.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm bringing up the standings now. Yeah, yeah,
0: they are currently in the lead for the they are. They're the second wild card right now.
1: Yeah, 34 and 30. And that's a uh, yeah, that that's what's interesting about uh with the extra wild card. There are a lot less sellers. Well, um,
0: and and we don't have the uh, the second deadline.
1: Right. Right. What's that? So that, the waiver it's, wire it's, deals. It's going to be interesting because you're going to have, you'll probably see for the first time, well, not the first time ever, but you might see a couple teams that are in the wild card chase that (laughs) quit sell their players just because their front office doesn't believe, which, damn, imagine that message if you're on that team. That sucks.
0: That does suck. Like in 2017, the Twins at the deadline said, let's get some players. They traded for Lance Lynn. Right. And they were like, we're going for it. And then two weeks later, they lost like 10 games or whatever it was. And they were like, shit, we're out. <coughs> Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, I just died, I think. And then they they, said, okay, well, let's do some waiver wire deals because we are not, not in contention anymore. And then they still ended up in the wild card game. But that waiver deadline not being a thing anymore, you were right. We're going to see some teams that are like, the players are going to be like, we're three games out. We can make a run at this. And the front office is going to be like, ah, it's better for us if we get assets for next year. And it's going to be, oh, shit, this sucks.
1: Yeah, that was uh, 2017. The Twins, <laughs> July 24th, the Twins traded for Jaime Garcia uh, for, for a prospect. And then a week later, <laughs> they traded him to the Yankees for two prospects.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, wonder I wonder if they would have traded the one prospect for the two prospects anyway.
1: Right. I Could mean, still be a and, net win for them. And yeah, if you're wondering who the Yankees gave up, it was Dietrich Ends and Zach Little. So,
0: Yankees have traded away like 16 prospects in the last two years, and no one said anything. Yeah. All right, next.
4: Hey, talking Yankees, Alex again, calling from Orlando. Uh, I called about Clint's
2: glove last week. <laughs> it's currently Monday. The Boston series just ended. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not his glove. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think your glove has anything to do with taking routes to the ball. I think the guy just needs to get his head out of his ass. Um, Nothing else to really talk about. It was a good series versus Boston. Um, Love you guys. Keep it
0: up. So, I mean, that's a quick one. Um, He thinks it's Clint's uh, head, not his glove. But I'll say this. some Baseball savant just put out all these new metrics for defense, Jake. Mm. And it was like how quick your reactions are, and how good your routes are. So it was interesting. Um, JBJ and Mike Trout are both awesome center fielders defensively, right? Sure. Jackie Bradley Jr. takes the worst routes, but his reaction time is so quick. Like it hits Mm. the ball, he's off. Mike Trout has a slow reaction time, but he takes a perfect route to the ball every time
1: right so it's like interesting. he sees it he crunches the numbers and he goes goes JB, to where it's gonna be jbj sees it goes and, just and then attacks puts it it. together yeah <laughs>
0: yeah and they were saying when your reaction time is so quick it's kind of like your routes will be diminished because you're bobbling and running now like you know you can't like
1: yeah process. makes sense
0: clint frazier takes decent routes but his reaction time is awful which is, mm. I mean, that's the eye test. It's like when the ball is up in the air, he can get under it. But if the ball is on the line at all, his reaction time is so bad that then he has to try and make up for it with the dive or whatever. Um, so it's instincts. I don't know how you teach reaction time. It's, it's surely not what the drills they've been showing us.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it might, be a, might be a case study in a few years. Um, well, I'm sure the Yankees are going to try some different things in the season and then maybe more significant things in the off season. I know, um, you know, we, we saw this, we, we always see baseball developing, whether I I remember the first year they came out with the tennis ball machine that used to spit numbers on it and mm-hmm. guys would test their eyesight. I, I'm sure there's going to be a way that you can try to improve on, uh, reading a ball off the bat. I don't know what it is, um. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think we – it's just as a Yankees nation, we, we know Clint is not a good fielder right now. Um, he uh, – knock on wood, the, the past couple series, he's been fine and it hasn't been a topic. Um, and may, maybe a few more of those and that can kind of build up his confidence and, and we'll see where it lands. But, um, Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find those
0: charts. Pretty cool. I thought it was super interesting that Trout's like reaction time is super slow, but he just takes perfect routes. Because yeah, Trout gonna... is an
1: awesome center fielder. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and it it all kind of makes sense. And his dude, Trout's athleticism just gets underlooked in general. Um, he was <laughs> he was an eighty on the scouting speed chart when he was like sixteen years old, but. Um, yeah I don't know we when when they make these tests open to the public, I'm down because I always thought I got a good jump,
0: but I don't know. oh wow, yeah, you know be hard to put that to the test when you know you're thirty. what do you mean you th- you still think you got a good jump out there?
1: Oh, I'll get a good jump, I probably won't get the ball okay, All yeah, right.
4: cool,
0: cool, Next.
4: Hey guys. It's
3: Chris from Rockland again. I just had another thought. That's really bugging me. I'm worried, guys. I mean, we just got Didi back. We've had Hicks back for a while. They're doing okay, I and mean, we've only seen a little bit of DD, But listen, I mean, when Judge and Stanton and these all these superstars, you know, Severino, when they come back, I mean, are they going to mess up the chemistry of this team? I mean, we're one of the best teams in baseball right now without these guys. I mean, I'm worried. You know what do you guys think is going to happen? Let me know.
0: Thanks for taking my call. This is uh this complaint I've seen a lot is is hilarious to me because it's it's things are going so well. What can I try to worry about? Like let me yeah. invent something to worry about. Judge has been with the team the entire time. He actually just left to go to Tampa, and they lost two series. Yeah, Stanton. Does Stan have a big voice in the locker room? I don't know. They said they missed Dee. They said they missed Kainley last year. They said yeah. they missed Kevin Canely around. Didi's back. Um, I I don't think it's going to mess with the chemistry at all. I think those guys, they've been playing together for a couple seasons now. Um, Seve's been with the team. Batansis is with the team. Batansis is a good clubhouse guy. They does the music. Jokes. Uh, not an issue for me, but there there will be like... A series loss when we get healthy and everyone's going to be like, this is what we were pining for. But not not an issue. I don't think it's a real concern.
1: Yeah, it. I mean, it'll be interesting to see when when the next roster crunches. It was funny. There was like three weeks in a row there when guys were coming back and it was kind of like and I think it was like middle of May and it was like, all right, this is cool. Guys are coming back. Now we've kind of hit that we're waiting for, like, the next group of guys to come back, whether G, Judge, um, you know, Cashman still said Seve after the All-Star break. Uh, Dellen gets held back. It's going to be interesting to see if if and when everyone gets healthy. Um, I I will say this, like, we've had nothing but good things to say about Cameron Maben for a month now, (laughs) a month and a half. Um, So, I mean, if there comes a day when, you know, Judge and Stanton are back. It would be a bummer, like, just letting that guy go because you know he's been fun in the clubhouse. He's been fun in the dugout. But we're talking about two guys that have finished top two in the MVP voting before um, who are also well-known and friendly in the dugout. So it's, I mean, it turns into, like, sports. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a business.
0: Yeah, I'm also not worried about having Judge and Stanton back. Just because they're really good. Very good at what they do. Really good at baseball. And they said Judge is going to be back soon. It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it's nuts. They said they, they could play rehab games this weekend.
0: Yeah, I don't believe that. Um,
1: but that's exciting.
0: Yeah. But, Brian Oak said it. He reported what the Yankees told him. I'm putting on Hoke. Yeah. I just don't believe it.
3: John Boy. Jake. It's your boy,
0: Chris, from Rockland. Same guy.
3: Just want to give a quick shout-out to my guy, Aaron. Views from the Hicks, hitting them to the sticks. This guy's on fire. I love it. My question is, when I go to the game, I like to get me a nice chicken bucket and a tall can of beer. What is your go-to food and beverage at the great Yankee Stadium? Thanks for taking the call. Love you guys. Peace.
0: What's your go-to food? The chicken bucket is really good. I do and I do enjoy the chicken bucket. Go get your chicken bucket season shirt on com right now.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, my predicament here is I'm dumb, and one of my favorite foods is nachos. Yeah. But so nach- so bas- basically for the two hours leading up to the game, if I'm going, I'm like, all right, like, Let's not get the nachos because, you know, it's just going to be bad cheese and like, you know, leftover meat from something else. And then I walk up to the stand and I'm like, yeah, give me a nachos and a brewski. (laughs) And then I walk away and I'm like, ah, these nachos are pretty bad again. Yeah. Ballpark nachos are are never good. Yeah. I think if if I uh, if I reach a point of power, that might be the biggest thing I take a stance on. We need to elevate ballpark nachos.
0: That should be what you take a stance on.
1: Yeah. Something I believe in.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at these outfield numbers and trying to configure them. Sure. And there's this one column that says, I wish I was better at understanding what the fuck they're trying to say. Mm. Okay. But it basically has a list of like plays that have a 10% catch rate, I believe. Okay. So like a really, really good play. Right. Kevin Kiermaier has 29 of these outs. Yeah. 29 times he's done it. Uh, Byron Buxton has 27. Mookie Betts has 27. Steven Duggar has 23. Lorenzo Arcane, 23. So that's who's who of good outfielders, right? Okay. Clint has one. Okay. He uh, There's one guy worse than him, Christian Stewart.
1: Who's that? uh is he on the tigers Minnesota? or no the tigers you're right yeah we we saw him earlier in the year so he's worse than clint so what's your ballpark food
0: um chicken bu- chicken bucket fingers or uh like just a hot dog i'll never like yeah. i don't eat hot dogs a lot and that's a ballpark food for me but i like that some places like oakland coliseum their hot dogs are so bad
1: yeah, I went, I went to a dollar dog night at a Texas Rangers game once, and it was one of the more physically ill I've, I've left anywhere. Yeah, they are so bad.
0: But a uh, tall can of beer and yeah, nachos is a bad choice, Jake. I know it, Jim. I know. I'm not happy about it. You like pretzels? Not really. Because I think you that's the same thing. Me.
1: Like, the pretzels at the game suck. Ooh, I think people would disagree with you there, but I'm just not a big pretzel guy. Me neither.
0: Do you put mustard on your pretzel if you do have one?
1: I'll put a little bit, and then I'll, like, know what I'll do? It's basically an every other bite thing. Like, I'll put a little mustard on, and I'm like, all right, Jake, have a little mustard with this pretzel. And then I'm like, I don't think I like the mustard that much. I take another bite without the mustard, and I'm like, ah, maybe it needs a little mustard. And again, this is just a uh, – this is now just di- – if anyone could diagnose what's going on in my upstairs, we, we appreciate it. No one can. No one can. So we've reached a point
3: where if you don't get Clint out after the seventh inning and he has defensive miscue, it's on the coaching staff. Um, I've
4: reached a point where if you don't get Herman
3: out for the third time through the order, that's also on the coaching staff. If you look at his splits, his OPS is almost double when he goes from his first or second time through to his third time through. Thanks.
0: So we had said that if Clint Botch is a play at the end of a game. It's not on Clint anymore. It's on the coaching staff because you have to control that. And he's saying, Herman the same thing. Third time through the order. He's just that's where he gets lit up, which is true. But
1: and it's true for a lot of pitchers, to be fair.
0: Yes, it's true for a ton of pitchers. They were actually uh, James Smith on Twitter because he was counter contradicting Maddox. Who's does who does the brave? Is it Smoltz or is it?
1: Um, maybe Smoltzy. I know Smoltzy calls games. I didn't, I don't know if Maddox calls games.
0: There's then, who said like, this wasn't a thing in his day. And Collins brought it up and was like, it's been a thing for every pitcher. It's a dawn of time. Yeah. Like the third time through the order's rougher. The only one that it wasn't was Pedro and his numbers were insane. <laughs> it was like, got yeah. better as the game went, but you're right. It happens for a lot of pitchers, but yeah, I think, I think Herman, you need to really watch what's happening. Uh, is he missing his spots? and are they just are they are they barreling him up but for outs because eventually that will lead to hits it's kind of the same for every pitcher um do you think that they shouldn't allow herman to see third time through like eventually when when would he become a pitcher that can then
1: yeah i well i think this is going to be part of the interesting thing a um we don't really know what what was up with that injury um you know, they said they got the MRI today, and they said they didn't see anything and that he should be back. Um, I mean, is it something that just needed some rest? But how much was it actually bothering him? Because that could change. I mean, we've seen a different Domingo Herman over the past few starts, and I don't know. I kind of chalk that up to kind of fatigue because um, we've, we've talked a lot about how he hasn't pitched a ton of innings in the past. Um, and I think, I think what jumps out to me as I look at the numbers, Jim, he has been wildly good through the first three innings of the game that almost like it has to get worse. So I, I don't know if that's, you know, guys haven't seen this Domingo Herman a lot yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the first three innings of games this year, Domingo Herman, 36 innings with a one five ERA, um, innings four through six, uh, 30 innings, a six, four, six ERA. So, um, yeah I think, I think there's a couple different dynamics at play. Um, I think you know we're going to learn a lot about the Domingo Herman book going forward. How much was the injury bothering him? Uh, how much is it going to affect him that you know what teams that see him a second or third time this season? Uh, is their approach going to change? Is his approach going to change? So um, I, I think there's still a lot. We're not sure about Domingo Herman yet. Um, I'll tell you what though, Jim when... If and when the innings crunch thing becomes uh, an issue, I'll tell you what, those those first three innings numbers, uh, those speak perfectly to what we've been saying about, like, hey, Domingo could become a weapon out of the pen later this year.
0: Yeah, or piggyback onto, like, a CC start.
1: Yeah. I agree. It would be awesome.
0: I mean, it, it what do you- becomes... There comes what, a time. What do you with think? The-
1: I, I I went rambling there a little bit. I mean, are are you are you mostly there? Is there anything you think I missed?
0: No, I think you you nailed it. I just think I like the idea of him piggybacking the Chad Green role from 2017. Uh, CC yeah. does CC does like four or five, and then you do three and save the pen. I think it'd be cool to do that. But we yeah, need to get and- we need to get more pitchers before we can do that. But he's not long for a starting job unless this injury takes him out for a while because we need to keep his innings under.
1: Yeah. The, the innings thing is going to be interesting. And I, I think that it might surprise people that we're saying that because I mean, the guy is leading the ale and wins right now. But, um, I mean, as we know, the Yankees obviously care about player health and, um, that like, it's, it's not going to be like, well, Domingo's been throwing. Well, let's throw him for a buck 80. Like they will not do that. So, um, And interested to see when he comes back from this I Elston, if if he's giving up Yabos again or if he looks like the Domingo we saw for the first month, month and a half. Yeah. be interesting. I'm
0: interested. I'm still on this uh, outfielder page, Jake. Yeah, what's going on over there, bud? This is so cool. I'm basically Katie Sharp. Okay. Sharp stats with Jimmy O'Brien. Mike Trout, I said he has a slow reaction speed. Yeah. Out of the 102 outfielders in this thing, he has the slowest. Wow, negative two point five is on the scale. The next okay. lowest is McCutcheon. So, like Trout looks at the ball, and basically for like a split second, goes, "Where do I need to run?"
1: Yeah, he does. He does quick. He does quick calculus in his head. Like the
0: fact that it's the slowest in the league means that's his strategy. It's not that he has slow reactions. It's that like his the way he plays is I'm gonna do this. Calculate. He's this probably
1: first. tried different things. Yeah, and he found that that was the most effective. That's cool.
0: So out of 102 outfielders, Clint ranks 89th. Who else? What other outfielders we have? Let's look at the rest of our outfield. Okay. Brett Gardner is... He is negative in reaction speed. Negative mm. .4, but he's plus in burst. So when he gets going, how fast does he run to the ball? Right. And then he's plus in in route so he runs good routes gets there fast but takes it in for a second adds up who else do we have hicks let me do hicks aaron hicks this shit's cool uh hicks doesn't have enough, enough attempts yet to be in this damn it and then yeah clint so clint is it's basically the eye test Reaction's really bad negative 1.3 he is 89th out of 102 in reaction time and then his burst for a fast guy, his burst is negative 07. Um, and that's like kind of matches the eye test, too, because he slows down to the ball. You know what I mean? So, timid, timid, timid. So he's he's a uh, 42nd in burst. It's not terrible. Oh, no, 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 no. That's that's the other way. So he's 60 something in burst. And then he does take good routes. He's top 20 in routes, which is cool. Cool. I wish Judge build, was on Build head. on that. I think Judge's I think Judge would probably have a slower burst, but his reactions and routes, I think he would be top tier. Judge reaction time is the eye test says it's great. I, I can't wait till someone remind me in the end of the season to look at this page on um Baseball Savant again. There you go.
2: Next.
3: So, boys, it is Jordan from Boston. Watching the game Wednesday night against the Blue Jays, this pitcher for them has a crazy leg kick. So it got me thinking, who has the best leg kick that we've seen the past, I don't know, 30 years? i got to think El Duque, but got to know your thoughts. Thanks, boys.
1: Go Yanks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, El- the only answer is El Duque. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fernando
0: Rodney, did he have a crazy one? I don't think so. No, not Rodney? Fernando no, no, no! I wasn't thinking of Rodney. Who, who was the Dodgers pitcher in the seventies that like lit up the Mexican pitcher in the that lit up uh, the
1: world? Valenzuela. Didn't he have a crazy Fern- leg kick? Fernando. Yeah, he had like a high leg kick, decent turn. I think this this person was just asking Yankees, though, right? Oh, was he? I don't know. I think so. Um, or no, I guess he was referencing a guy in the Blue Jays. I mean, El Duque was nuts at the time. I mean, that was the coolest thing. If you were in, if you were in Little League, you were doing that whether you were a Yankees fan or not because um, people couldn't believe how high he would get his knee up. Um, and that, wasn't there a funny commercial? Was, was Coney in it where they were, they were in a club doing the El Duque?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah were, Coney were, was in it. Yeah, they were doing an El Duque dance in the commercial.
1: David Cohn and Louis Soho. ha, <laughs> ha. This is good. We're going to have to do something about this, Jim.
0: Oh, if you Google, Dontro Willis had a high leg kick. If you Ooh, go,
1: D-Train, yeah, he was fun. If you just
0: Google um, high leg kick pitcher on Google Images, some of them are pretty good. Like Bronson Arroyo had a straight up leg kick. Yeah. And then some of the old school pitchers, who the fuck is this guy? Yo, some of these old school pitchers,
1: Oh, yeah, that's those the old school pitching motions are my favorite where they put they basically lean back, put the ball on the ground and swing their leg up. That's pitching.
0: That is. That's nuts. Like, I don't
1: maybe Vita Blue. Looks like this guy's name
0: is Randy something.
1: Randy.
0: Man. Yeah, this one number 27 on the Giants at some time. Yeah, v- Vita Blue had a good one. That's him,
1: I think. I think that's, yeah.
0: Oh, this one is Juan Marichal. Juan Marichal. Marichal yep.
1: Dating ourselves a little bit.
0: Hey, go, just go. I mean, I can't pronounce these guys' names or, or recognize them from their pictures, but if you're interested, go Google high leg kick pitcher, and the results are pretty funny. Some are And
1: more, more so Google El Duque commercial because you get to see David Cohn doing some acting perfection.
0: Is it, should I make a GIF of the David Cohn commercial for him?
1: Oh, yes. Very much yes. Okay. Next.
3: Hey, Jake and John Boy. It's uh, Jake from Orlando calling in. Um, I agree with John Boy. I think Boone's done a lot better job managing uh, every day rather than trying to arrest uh, people just for maybe the next series or whatever. Um, one thing I wanted to bring to your attention, uh, I see this a lot in pressers, is he loves making words and nouns, uh, like the word compete. He always seems to be like, oh, Clint, he has a lot of compete in him uh, rather than using it as his traditional verb style. Um, I don't know. Might be a good idea for a shirt. I see like Jonathan Mitchell wear a definition of a rookie on a shirt. Just want to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye.
0: (laughs) I don't think this is Boone. I think this is baseball talk. And Boone grew up. His grandpa was a baseball player. His dad was a manager. He grew up in clubhouses. And baseball speak always has these weird terms. Boone mm. speaks in terms, control the zone, turn the corner, uh, got a lot of compete in him. There's some others that we're missing. We should, we should start. Tweet us in your, your Boone-isms, and don't just tweet negative stuff, because that's annoying. Like, what are some boone want what's, uh,
1: what's he say about swings? He had his grade eight. that was his plus swing, or his A swing. A swing. Yeah, a swing. But that's like an
0: actual baseball term that I didn't know existed when a rod does his breakdowns with other like players. Like, so your a swing is this, and your b swing is this, and stuff like that. Uh, control the zone, but got a lot of compete in him. I I like that one. Yeah, he does turn does turn uh, uh, words into nouns.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know, a lot, of, a lot of companies and stuff do that just because it's easier. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's how you keep an eye on the prize. So, like, what, if you went around the Yankees clubhouse right now, everyone would know, control
0: the zone. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's memos. It's, yeah. yeah. My dad's company was B51, and that was B51 of the marketplace. Like, own the market, you know. Own it. B51. I, I remember that, and I didn't even work for the company. Look at that. What would you like of
4: that? Hey, guys. Matt Collin from Jersey. Um, just uh, touching on, on John Boy's, uh video or post-game video today about how the Yankees had three guys in the lineup who were basically, as if it was a pitcher's spot with Gardner, Morales, and, um, geez, I can't remember the other one. But the point is, well, how long have you guys been watching baseball? Over the years, at least I can't remember um, – Teams doing this where they sit a bunch of guys at once, and it gets to the point where your lineup isn't really circular and it really weakens your attack. I see it happening with the Yankees. I see Boone has done it a lot lately where he re- in the past couple of years where he rests guys all at the same time like he rests his today. And um, on the same day, Sanchez is out. And it was to the point where the lineup just doesn't look the same, and I think it's something that should be talked about because when this happens, you see games like today and the Yankees don't score enough. Thanks, guys.
0: I think that he's been better about this. Their rest days, we know they're going to happen. I think it's been better than last year. But that one versus the Indians when you rested Gary and Voight at the same time after losing game one, I can't find an excuse for that. Like, that should not have happened.
1: Yeah, there's 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 a right way to go about it. And, you know, if you if you gave uh, an infielder a rest and you had Tyro in there while he was hitting, you know, it, the impact's a little less – um Gary and Voit man I mean those those are our guys that should be our you know 3-4 hitter right now 2-3 hitter however you want to do your lineup so yeah when you go into a game like that I mean it's just a tough mentality and I I think what we have grown to understand and people still need to understand is like like this isn't this isn't a Boone thing this isn't a Yankees thing this is happening all over this is baseball now um like no one is breaking Cal Ripken's streak like it's done no, um i it, mean it's been it, sci-
0: it's been proved that you're better over 150 games with some days off than you are over 162 games playing yeah. 20 of
1: them uh you know tired exactly so it's um you know it is frustrating and we we get just as frustrated though when you when you pull two guys out of there like Gary and Voight, I, I mean just think of think of your mentality as a team. Like that's uh if if you go down two runs early, it's not like the all right, rally the troops, we still got, you know, three more at bats with our big guys. It's kinda like <laughs> I kinda wish we had those guys in the lineup instead of Kendrys Morales and Austin Romine. That
0: was a terrible lineup. Romine yeah. Morales and Gardner could not all all three could not have been in there at once. Yeah. It was terrible.
4: Hey, what's up, John Boy? What's up, Jake? This is Mitch from West Hartford. Uh, just calling in with a quick voicemail about our war leaders on the year. Um, before the season started, I always like to kind of predict who I think is going to be top in war at the end of the year. And my five predictions before the year started were Judge, Sanchez, Torres, Stanton, and then one of either Hicks or Dee. I think it's pretty interesting that we're over a third of the way through the season and our war leaders, uh, I think only have two of those guys that I predicted so far, uh Torres and Sanchez no Judge obviously no Stanton no Hicks and no Dee, mostly because of injuries I just want to ask you guys do you think any of those four guys will end up top five in war at the end of the team at the end of the year on this team Uh yes yeah, so Judge Stanton Hicks and Dee. any of those guys going to end up our top five war leaders because I got to say I'm thinking it's going to be more like Torres Sanchez LeMayhew uh, Urshela maybe something like that Uh I don't know
0: what do you guys think So, WAR is a counting stat, correct, Jake?
1: Yeah, more or less. They they a few years back they made a number. It's wins above replacement player. So they try to factor in offense and defense, and and basically it's a it's a measure of what you're doing compared to a league average player. And you know, I I hate to start out with this as the example, but like right now, Kendrys Morales has a negative WAR because he's doing bad things. He's he's been worse than if we just had an average Major League body out there. Um, so on the reverse end of that spectrum right now, DJ LeMay, leading the team. He's a 2.5 war. Um, and, you know, there, it's not a perfect stat, but it is a stat that at the end of the day, you're going to look around and be like, yeah, this makes sense. Like Mike Trout is going to probably have the highest war. Like Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez had incredible wars last year because they had incredible years. Um, I, I think that's the layman way to put it, because I don't know a better way to put it. But um, I'll say this, Jim, Um, looking at our war leaders right now, Aaron Judge, for as long as he's been out, he's still, he's still in seventh place amongst the Yankees. He has the same war as Luke Voigt, which I think that also partially shows that war is a little bit flawed, because, I mean... Luke Voigt has provided a lot and he hasn't been bad defensively, but Judge gets points on defense and offense where Voigt's probably only gonna get points offensively. Um so I mean if Aaron Judge can come back in <laughs> three weeks, five weeks, I I mean he's probably gonna end up there. Um Yeah. And you gotta to think Lema
0: you gotta think LeMahieu is gonna be there. Glaber if he stays healthy, Gary. I I don't know
1: yeah right now Gary's up there that would make a lot of sense um judge hicks is kind of a wild card because hicks is kind of a war um i was going to say a war baby that's a that's not the right term so warlord um, he's a warlord a little bit um <laughs> aaron hicks warlord because um, he plays good defense and he does a lot of good things on offense and at the end of the year it all it all comes together for him uh, so yeah if you're into that there you go right now Tanaka fourth and I had him out of Vino 5th, which is pretty insane.
0: Yeah, I still don't really get work.
1: Yeah.
4: Hey. DJ, another RBI, 6 nothing. Uh Anyway, hey, boys, staff from Jersey. Um, just got a comment. Do you think
3: anyone's had a quicker turnaround, personally and professionally, than Cameron Maben? I mean, March, April, he got the DUI after he signed with the Giants and then got cut. And now he's, like, a central part of this team. Anyway, I just feel good story and want to share. I thought that was awesome how quick that was for him. But yeah, keep it up, boys.
0: Rochelle is pretty big. I mean, we have two guys that thought they had no idea what was going on. But Mabin didn't even know he like he was in the Cleveland system. Yeah. And then to come over to the Yankee stage, and maybe it's the biggest turnaround, I think.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, Cameron Maben's, you know, a, a fringy MLB guy that, you, you know, would you figured if you if you saw Cameron Mabin on another team and he was playing solid, you'd be like, okay, yeah, I know that guy. Uh, Gio Urshela had been bad up to this point, and now he's second and third baseman in AL All-Star voting, <laughs> so that's a pretty big turn.
0: Huge turn. I mean, Gary took a big turn from
1: last year. Gary's take a huge turn from last year. But his it was nightmares. an ex-
0: it was an expected turn. Cameron Mabins wasn't expected or Geo's was not expected at all.
1: Yeah, and the other thing I I mean I know uh I think I saw Coley Harvey use the word pariah the other day. Uh hey man, Clint Frazier. Um, you know, everything he's doing with his bat right now, an eight seventy three OPS, eleven home runs. If everybody stayed healthy, <laughs> we'd be talking about who we're going to flip Clint for because he's got 20 homers in AAA right now. Um, so there's there's always a few stories. Domingo wasn't supposed to be in the rotation. He's leading the AL in wins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Next.
1: Tommy Lee, Jim. Yeah,
0: yeah, those were kind of expected, though. The Urshela and Mabin weren't
1: expected at yeah. all.
0: They're, they're a surprising turnaround.
1: Yeah, those, those two are, I mean, two of the biggest around all of baseball.
3: Hey, boys, it's Suzanne from Upstate New York, originally, but a Transplanted Yankee fan in the D.C. area. Um, You guys should have talked about Judge in London. And, yeah, he might not be swinging a bat in London, but do you guys think he'll make the trip over the pond just as mortal support, or do you think it's more important for him to stay stateside and finish up? Also, follow-up question, if you guys were able to go to London... What would you guys do? What sites would you take in? Do you imagine yourself as Joey and Chandler from (laughs) Friends? Part of me is thinking of you guys in that way. But regardless, go Yanks.
0: I think they'll send Judge to London whether he can play or not just to allow him to experience it all in good faith and goodwill and all that shit.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting interesting to see how his rehab stuff comes along because you could see that... I mean, the MLB wants Aaron Judge there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Judge updates go. Yeah, you have to figure he gets there anyways. Um, what
0: would then, you want yeah, to do I mean, in London if we went?
1: Uh, man, I, I don't know. I'd probably go to that place where they everyone takes, like, the Beatles picture. Is that in London? Uh, fucking... Oh, it starts with the W. Something Lane. Abbey Lane. Abbey Lane is in my. Yeah, I've probably checked that out. There's a live
0: stream. Know. You can. There's a a website that's just a live stream of Abbey. Is it Abbey Road? Abbey Lane? I don't know. Abbey Road. Just a, a live stream of that. You can put it on on your desktop at home and just watch all the tourists take the same picture. All of, I did it for one day. Oh. I put it on my third monitor and you can see just like tourists do the same thing over and over. It was kind of funny.
1: I'd want to go to a soccer match.
0: Yeah, that would be fun. I was thinking I'd want to go to like some local pub.
1: Yeah, not the, a tourist I, spot at all. Pubs, pubs, and um, yeah, definitely a soccer match. Nice.
0: All right, one more question.
1: Hey guys, love the show. Just kind of,
3: I'm sure this episode is gonna be full. Point and phrase of this, point and phrase of that. Kind of break that up. I'm just curious if you guys. Uh, no, I was looking this weekend, just kinda looking around, seeing how much, uh, season, full season tickets to Yankees games, how much that's gonna cost. And I noticed they kept talking about tiers, tier 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You guys have any idea what the tiers are, what, what those mean? What is the tiers, and what, what, you know, what does that, what does that entail, what does that mean if you're a tier 5 Yankees season ticket holder? Thanks guys, love the show, peace.
0: Uh, um, I believe the tiers is just their pricing. So like a tier three game, I don't know if it's three's the most expensive or one's the most expensive, but they basically they, they mark off games by tiers, three tiers. So when you buy season tickets, you can buy a tier one package, which includes probably like all weekend games, all the Red Sox series, and the top tier of games. Tier three is like the Orioles on a weekday. That's going to be the cheapest ticket. And it's just a way they can organize the pricing so you can buy an expensive package or a medium package um, and and like that. So it's not a super interesting answer, but maybe other people are wondering. Yeah.
1: I think I I think
0: a lot of teams do the tier pricing. But yeah, there you go. Oh. I think if you type in Yankees tier pricing, it has all the games on it. So there you go. Go to a tier three game. It's cheapest. Like last year, I chose a Seattle weekday game. I think it was because it was the cheapest tier. And then we went and we saw Giancarlo Stan hit a walk-off home run. Boom. Boom roasted. Yankees, I got my money's worth. You dummies. Should have been a tier one. Call you, call you back up afterward. Actually, since they walked off, you owe us more money.
1: Ooh, is that the future? I don't think so. Get charged for your ticket after the game? Depend
0: well, that'd be great. You guys
1: just saw a great game. That would 50 be fifty
0: bucks. That would be cool if they offered you ticket a ticket plan like that. Like you know the range. If you see a walk off, this ticket's fifty bucks if for like a bleacher ticket. If you see uh if we get blown out if by we the get Tigers, blown out, it's ten bucks.
1: bucks. Yeah,
0: that'd be interesting. Would you? I'd take that gamble. It's the future. Yeah. Wow that that actually may be the future. I mean, they'd make the baseline. No one's gonna. That won't happen. That would be so cool if that was how it worked, though. Because if you win and you're in euphoria, you'd be like, "Fuck it, charge me." That was awesome. (laughs) Worth it, bro.
1: Bro, I ended up going to three fifties this year.
0: (laughs) That'd be so cool. Slash weird. You'd get weird. people that would complain like, Yeah, we walked off, but we blew a five one lead in the eighth, so it kinda sucked. Yeah. What okay. if you
1: could what if like your ticket gets charged when you leave? So like if if it's tied at one one and then the Yankees blow the lead and it's five one, you walk out right then, your ticket's fifteen bucks. They come back and they win if you stayed in the game then your ticket jumps to 50. It's a messy thing that's never going to happen, but I'm that, having fun with
0: That that example was poor cuz you don't want people leaving early for cheaper.
1: Right. But that's that's what I'm saying, like up to that point in the game, they saw what they thought was a bad game.
0: Yeah, but now you, I was I thought you were going to award the people Imagine who stayed.
1: Imagine the the the, Yan- the, Yan- the Yankees bullpen gives up a grand slam to make it like a a five-run game and you see like people sprinting for the door. <laughs> To get out before the Yankees score more,
0: <laughs> yeah, that that one doesn't work. But that's, that's why that system doesn't work. That that's why that system doesn't work. It's an interesting concept. Anyway, that ends this show. Thank you guys for hanging out with us, talking some Yanks. We'll be back tomorrow uh, for this double header series recap, two games, and I will be recapping both games one day. Second time we've had to do this. Always interesting. Thank you. Three game shows. Two pregame shows on YouTube. It's going to be uh, Yankees be all day, day for Jake and I. So uh, if you're if you're around and you're looking for stuff to listen to, join us. Thank you guys for listening. Go Yanks. Tell them Grams.
2: Go Yankees.